sounds more like this. With Capital One, you can open an account with no fees or minimums in five minutes. Get started now at a Capital One location or online. Sound good to you? This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? For consumers only. Approval required. Offered by Capital One and a member FDIC. Copyright 2018 Capital One. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Well, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, John. So I, I, I got something for you. Hour two, the sports hangover, 800 998 tells me you're, you're gonna wanna call. I, I, I got, I got something for you. I got a way for you to not think of the game tonight in a negative manner if you're a fan of the New Orleans Saints. In terms of the reports are that you will not have Teron Armstead, you will not have Ryan Ramchick, you will not have Alan Kamara. Dallas is pretty good. I, so, you know, I mean, I, not it's one of those games it's just if if they win awesome the line has gone for four and a half to six but i i got i got away for you to not even worry about that pelicans wrapping up practice you remember how i said today was the day zion williamson was set to practice fully ramping up we were ready baby next wednesday against the nuggets maybe maybe the pistons next friday Remember I told you all that? Remember the, the up to the process at this point, the team had been having scans. Everything's been, you know, moving forward according to plan. Everything's been positive. Well, he didn't practice today. And there's a reason. <laughs> experiencing soreness in the foot. Andrew Lopez, you know he comes on all the time, covers the Pelicans for ESPN. Zion Williamson is experiencing soreness in his foot, and his return has been delayed. Williamson did not practice today. The soreness has persisted. No re-imaging has been scheduled at this time. Williamson will be dialed back before ramping back up next week. Williamson had been doing four-on-four full-court work but started to experience soreness, but no sharp pains. Pels are dialing back his workload for now. We'll go back to low-impact work and go up from there once again. I'm just... And I'm not saying anything. But as I read that, I looked at the bottom of my MacBook over here and I saw December 2nd. I'm like, I, I, am I off base by even suggesting do you just shut him down? Now, again, that's why I read fully. And Mark, I'm going to get to you in a quick second here, but I just want to give the news and and accurately say what people are reporting. The reports aren't, there's no timetable. I mean, there was no timetable to return, obviously, right now. 
But the hope was that he could get through a couple of workouts, get ready to go. Their soreness. Now, Christian Clark of the Picayune, he says that the imaging doesn't show anything. He's fine. Shams Sharania, right? I mean, he is one of the NBA senior insiders for the athletic. Pelicans Zion Williamson experienced a slight delay in his rehab due to soreness in his injured right foot. Team is optimistic. It's not serious, but we'll dial back in approximately next week. Now, again, there's two things to deal with here. How much do you trust what the organization's telling you and team? And and always I say that because remember at the beginning of the season we were we were to, we, a lot of people assume we can use semantics we can use wording I'm just saying most people assume that he'd be ready to start a season so that's why there's that and why I say that so I don't know right when I hear soreness and an organization that has absolutely erred in the side of massive caution with him. Is it a week? Remember, in the report, it's they're going to start to ramp him back up next week to get to this point. Today was supposed to be him ramping up to get ready to play. So we've taken a step back. Now we're waiting to where it's not sore to where he can kind of get to where he is now. So I, how about I just ask it like this? Is there a point in your mind, if you were part of this organization, a date, a month, a time of year, where if Zion's not feeling 100%, that you simply just say, we'll see you next year? Now, I understand not everybody wants that. I don't think anybody really wants that, unless you want the top pick. You hear what I'm saying. You want him to play. That's why you got him. But we're in December 2nd on something that happened in the summer. And I'm not even thinking of signing the extension. That's not even on my mind right My mind is, how do I get him on the court healthy? 100% to not risk something else. The first thing that popped in my head is, is it trade deadline? Is it the All-Star game? We're talking February. I mean... Let's be honest. If we're in February and Zion Williamson hasn't played or he's played sporadically or plays and he's sore again, you absolutely shut him down, right? I mean, you, you essentially have March and April left. Wouldn't you? Is it February? Is it January? Is it the end of this month? If he's still experiencing soreness or pain or not up to par at the end of this month, are you saying, see you next year, get in shape, get healthy, come back looking like the Duke player and we're off and running next year? And the Pels have a top five pick. I mean, is that is that where you go? I don't know. I'm just, there's a lot of things in my head right now swirling because of this. Mark, thanks for calling the show, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, bud. Gus, how's everything, man? Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> it could be better. It could be better in the world of sports. But it's just sports, man. My family's half me. We're healthy, so it could always be worse, believe me. Uh, you know, it's just great. You know, uh, I'll call it about the Saints, but you started talking about the Pelicans. And, I, you know, I called you a couple of weeks ago about, you know what, it's just time to cut loose with Michael Thomas and Zion Williamson and realize that that was just a bad – both of those were bad decisions. 
here. Neither one of them want to play here. And I still believe that they both have the same podiatrist. Okay? Um, they just they don't want to be here. Just don't make them be here. See if you can get some value for them. But if not, you know what, man? Every now and, every now and again, you catch a nice red fish, and you just have to take a picture, kiss it on the forehead, and let it go. And, you know, it's going to end up on the grill. But uh, I was trying to figure out a way to watch the Saints tonight and, right. and, not, and, and not be too upset. And then I remembered that I was at the Saints-Falcons game when they introduced Russell Erksleben. Wow. That was their first round pick with a uh-huh. puncher who I think averaged about eight yards of punt that game. And this team is slightly better than that team. So, you know, I, I guess I'm just going to just have to put it back in those days of, you know, Billy Kilmer is not a 90 year old quarterback for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to remember, you know, um, I can't remember now. Earl, what's his name? He was with the Houston Oilers, and they picked him up as a running back. Earl Campbell? Um, Earl Campbell, yeah. you know, who I think but he averaged like four yards a carry with the Saints. So, I mean, they're better than those teams that we suffered through for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But I just, man, there's just nothing that's exciting about this. It's a little bit because it's game day, but then you really want to party hard. That way you pass out before the game's over. Yeah. Look, man, I, I hear you, and it's kind of one of those things where I can look at both of these organizations, and, and I, I can see how it's frustrating and it, it, it stinks, you know, for fans. But I look at the Saints, and I have a higher level of confidence that it will turn around and turn around quickly simply based because I'm using just common sense. You cannot lose a starting quarterback. Most of your line's never been healthy all season. You had injuries up and down. You're receiving court. And again, and you did make a grave overestimation of the position group at wide receiver. I mean, that that's, as, that, that's true, and he has to own it, and I'm sure he will. At the end, they, they thought they had more talent at wide receiver because Mark, if they're if they would have done what you are suggesting, and look, I did too a couple of years ago when all that stuff, had, and you got rid of Michael Thomas, this is what you would have, like this is what you would have. So, I mean, there was an overestimation at what you had at receiver, but when you have the injuries, you have the lack of playmaking at that position group, you are severely showing up. Um. You know, having to play really good football to be competitive. Now, look, the Saints started out well, but they had way more of the players that they have currently now. So, again, you know, it's incredible, Mark. I understand the next man up mentality. But my point is this. I have faith, and I have seen through experience, this team's going to make it right next year. They're absolutely drafting a receiver or getting one, right? They're absolutely going to make sure what is going to be their quarterback situation. Like I've said it already, you're calling Aaron and you're seeing if they can trade for Russell Wilson. If plans A and B don't work, then we'll get to C. But they're absolutely going to try that. I mean, there's no way they're not, especially with what you have at defense here. You've got to go get a receiver. There are a ton in the draft. Trade up. I don't care what you have to do. Go do it. Well more receivers and 
defensive linemen and things that nature and quarterbacks that I trust coming out of the draft. So they are not far away, and they've got to somehow stay healthy. But I, I could see that path. I don't know. I mean, I look at the Pels, man. I'm like, man, they can't stay healthy. Your franchise player is, you know, it's just it. I'd like to say I have hope, but I don't know, Mark. But the, but the Pels at least have shown flashes of the of the ability to play well. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Saints haven't even flashed. I mean, they've won some games, yeah. But you know, when you when you make you know bad quarterbacks look like Aaron Rodgers and they're not named Aaron Rodgers, you've got issues. And you can't even get a quarterback. You know, uh, Jameis was doing a good job. I was surprised, you know. But, man, you know, there's there's got to be somebody on somebody's practice squad that can improve <laughs> that, that, that position. Yeah. Think, you know? But, but dude, think mean, to this, Mark. As I go, I got, I got, a, I just got a text yeah, from Jake I, Madison, and he agreed to come on on an emergency opinion. Uh, I need an emergency opinion. Oh, here we but, go. Great. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. I'm gonna hit the <laughs> break, buddy. I know it's not on the list, but this just happened. Please call Jake Madison during the break. Locked on Pels, because it. Look, I, Pels fans are reacting right now. So let's hit the break. Buddy will call Jake, and I'll ask him how I should feel. It's the sports hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. At first glance, this fabulous Christmas pendant looks like a Celtic knot. But then the knot disappears, and you see two intertwined hearts. One heart is pointed up. And one heart is pointed down. I named these two intertwined hearts Together Forever. Both hearts are made of created diamonds. And in the center of all those diamonds is a diamond shared by both hearts. The Together Forever diamond pendant is about the connection the two of you share. Lord, you've outdone yourself this time. Go to Ramsey's.com. Take a look at the Together Forever created diamond pendant. And tell us what you see. I see a dazzling diamond Christmas gift for only $169. We've got them made of bigger diamonds all the way up to $6,000. Bobby, that's why we're called Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. I really want you to see this perfect Christmas pendant together forever. Welcome to Ramsey's. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. Your new Ford dealership in Lafourche Parish is Calvin Braxton Ford. You may need your vehicle serviced, but you don't want to drive too far. Get ready for some good news. The Calvin Braxton Ford service department in Lockport is now open. And better yet, they truly want to keep your vehicle running at its best. Now offering a special on gas-only oil changes, just $39.95 up to five quarts. Plus, with four new tires, your alignment is only $69.95. Yeah, Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm with these great rates? The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them. When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today. 985-632-0988. Six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. No. 
Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Well, Jake Madison, <laughs> uh, I found a way to not think, sir, about uh, the upcoming game with the New Orleans Saints and all the injuries because this just popped up. Jake Madison, Locked On Pels, joins us in an emergency situation. Sir, thank you for your time. How are you this afternoon? <laughs> I'm good. I don't know how Pelicans fans are feeling right now, but but I'm doing okay. And that's why I'm going with it. In case people are just joining us and go, what, what are you talking about, Gus? He was supposed to practice today, and the reports are that he's experiencing soreness in his foot. His return has been delayed. The scans haven't shown anything, and they're going to wait a week and then kind of, I guess, Jake, get back to this point. But again, you hear that, you see that. Jake, your reaction when you see it? You know, it's just kind of, okay, like, you know, it's tough to really know what to make of it without kind of being there in the building and seeing some of the medical data they have and talking to Zion. And look, he hasn't spoken to the media since that first day that they had of media availability. So it's tough to really know whether this is a significant setback, which is, or if this is something that's just kind of like an expected part of the recovery process. But at the very least, it's, it's disappointing, right? This is a team that has shown a flash here and there this season through their six wins of being potentially very good. And then you have a game like last night against the Dallas Mavericks where the Mavericks shoot basically an NBA record against the team. They need some reinforcements. You know, this was a promising year for New Orleans that really got derailed by this Zion injury. And now his return to play is getting pushed back and back and back. And now it feels like it's not even going to happen this calendar year and we'll likely see Zion in 2022. And it's just kind of crushing for Pelicans fans and people that want to follow this team. All right, so this was Willie Green just minutes ago. It, it just wrapped up, Jake. Jordan just saved it, so let's give a listen. You know, it's, it's a harder process. Um, when you're dealing with injuries and you ramp up some, there's a possibility that you know you can get a little soreness, which he's, he's dealing with now. And how do you think he's dealing with the news? He's frustrated, you know. Um, it, it's something that he's been going through and something that he's been working his tail off to come back from, and... Um, he understands, though, that this, this is a part of it. And just got to keep getting past these these hurdles. All right, so you, you hear head coach just minutes ago say that, Jake, and that, that's kind of why I, I don't want to completely overreact, but I'm not going to lie to you. The first thing I was like, you know what, shut him down, and, and I got to breathe. So I'm going to ask it this way, though, Jake, because I asked it to our audience. Is there a month, a time of the year, that if he's not healthy, minute restriction still, soreness, or not even playing, that you would pull that trigger and say, we'll see you next year. Yeah, but I don't think we're we're anywhere close to that just yet. I think you'd look at doing something like that potentially in March for the final month and a half of the regular okay. season. You know, I, I don't see any point in, in shutting a guy down and not letting him play basketball. One, these guys want to go out and play basketball. This is their chosen profession. This is what they love to do. Hoopers want to hoop, in a sense, right? And I think Zion does want to be out there on the court playing in the NBA. And so shutting him down maybe creates a little bit more friction between him and the team, which which started with his first injury coming in his rookie year, right? And the way they kind of brought him back. And so now if you're going to go, we're not even going to let you play at all let alone burst or on a minutes restriction, I wonder if that could kind of complicate the issues between him and the team even more so. And, you know, I hear a lot of people saying play the young guys, right, for developmental purposes. Kyra Lewis Jr. should be getting more minutes than a guy like Garrett Temple is. Why are we not seeing Trey Murphy the third more out there on the court mm-hmm. than some of these other guys? 
that still holds true for Zion, right? This is a guy who's only played 85 games in his career. More minutes, more playing time out on the court is only going to make him a better NBA player in the future on top of the already really good player that he is. So I don't really see a point in shutting him down. Not that it would set his development back or anything, given how good he is, but he should be playing. If you're healthy, you should go out there and you should play so that going into next season, even if it's only 10, 15 games, that's better than not, in my opinion. It's a very good point, Jake Madison, locked on Pels, that you that you said, and you said that in the past, too, that he is still a young player, and, and quite honestly, one of the reasons that we were excited that we were getting possibly close to seeing this was because you saw when the Pels have won three or four, you're starting to get a sense of that rotation. What is Zion going to be like with B.I., Valanchunas, who's been excellent, I think, so far this year? You've seen some things from Graham. Herb Jones, maybe that other other member of the five. Like, I, I want to see what that starting five would look like, right? Yeah, p- part of it is it gives you a bit of a jump start on the offseason, kind of figuring out who fits around Zion Williamson. Do you need an actual point guard? Can you get by with kind of point Zion? What about trying to build a little bit more chemistry between Brandon Ingram and him? So getting him out there on the court, it just kind of gives you data to analyze, film to watch, stats to look at, to really try and shape this roster to be more of a contender next season. So not playing him means you lose a lot of that and maybe sets you back going into this offseason. So you want him to be out there. You want to help Willie Green figure out some of the rotation because, look, he's juggled that a lot. We've seen different starting lineups. We've seen him maybe settle on one, but the rotations and the bench guys have been a little bit different and up and down. You need to have a, your full roster to be able to know what to make of this team. This is unfortunately a problem we've seen you know, for about a decade here in New Orleans of injuries to star players, keeping them out of the lineup, making it tough to evaluate this roster and what they need or what they don't need. So playing them does help you with some of that as well. That is a very good point to put it in terms of how it's going to fit around him and, and how you get that head start in the offseason. Now, look, I, I guess this is frustration. I, I'm seeing texts already, and I'm seeing, you know, Twitter. And you said how pieces fit around Zion. And, and you said this isn't where we are right now at this point that you're thinking about shutting him down. There are some people that are frustrated, Jake, and I'm sure you get it too in your mentions that maybe they're saying maybe it's time to trade Zion. It's tried, It's time to move on. Is it too soon to look at that from this perspective? You really don't know what you've had with them just yet. I mean, I, I, I get there's frustration, but that's a real sense from fans right now, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, the frustration is completely valid, right? The, the, the frustration from fans in being annoyed with this organization, disappointed with this organization, whether it's injuries, whether it's the bad roster out there on the court, right? I think is a very, very valid thing to be feeling right now. But also, if you want to be optimistic, I think that's fine, too. There's a lot of ways that you could look at it. In terms of you know trading him, I think you're still a little bit premature on that. Certainly, if they wanted to trade Zion Williamson, they'd get probably the greatest return for a player in NBA history. I just don't think you can pull the trigger on something like that just yet. You're basically then reevaluating your roster. You know, you're not going to necessarily have a contender on this team as you go through maybe a thunder-like rebuild with a bevy of first-round picks and young, talented players coming back that aren't ready to compete at the highest level. And you're not going to get full value. Even though you're trading Zion Williamson and you're getting a haul in return here to quote former head coach Alvin Gentry, it's still not going to be equal value for Zion Williamson. So in a sense, you are still losing that trade. 
And given that this front office has kind of weathered a long storm right now, I don't know if they want to be looked at as losing a trade or being the people that traded Zion Williamson away. Because also, if he does go to another team, gets in shape, and becomes the all-NBA player we know he's capable of being, they're going to look pretty bad, and it might be hard to get hired in the future if that's the move that you made. So I think there's so much in play that's preventing them from even considering a trade that it's fine to say people have every right to be frustrated with this franchise with Zion Williamson too because certainly I do think he needs to grow up more than he's acted so far in his NBA career but we're just not there yet and there's so many things that would stop it from happening in the first place you know you said that in the names of players when you say if he goes somewhere else and becomes the all-NBA player <laughs> just, you know I before Eric Gordon was sort of that poster, you know, player for me in terms that he goes and becomes literally the sixth man of the year in the final year at Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see the start Eric Bledsoe has had this year. <laughs> you know it would happen, Jake. I mean, he would be. It's, it's how it goes, right? Like, oh, it's, it's, it's how it goes. It's, 40 it's kind of one of those twice of New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, right? He averages 60 per game or something. Absolutely. Dunking from the three-point line. Jake, thank you for joining us quickly. I said and asked for five, and I kept you a little longer, but that just means that you're going to give us so much more. An emergency locked on Pell's pod coming at some point? Yeah, we're going to probably have something up uh, soon enough, so <laughs> be sure to subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. We're here five days a week for you, for covering sure, the ups and downs with this team. <laughs> thank you so much, and congrats, man. I saw you uh, posted on Twitter uh, what was it, this morning or late last night? I, I lose track of time. Uh, the, the subscribers, man, the numbers are just jumping up, man. Uh, it's been it's been a wonderful run, and I appreciate everyone who's tuned in to whether it's the podcast or now on YouTube as well. So always happy to be on Talking Hoops with you guys. Thank you so much, Jake. Take care. All right, a little bit more from head coach Willie Green. Again, this just took place, and if you're just joining us, you're like, what are you guys talking about? Why, why is there an emergency podcast? So today was supposed to be Zion Williams' first day practicing fully with the team and all of that. In hopes that he would be able to maybe play next week. At least in my mind, right? Well, he's experiencing soreness in the foot. The scans don't show anything. There's no damage, no structure. He's just sore. But because of that, they're going to dial back his workload. He's going to go back to low-impact work. And go up from there once again. Again, I'm just looking at the calendar of my laptop here. If we're going to see where we are a week from now, that's the ninth. And then he was probably at least a week or two away. So that's the week of Christmas. The 20th through the 24th. Christmas Eve is a Friday. That's if everything goes well. So you heard from Willie Green on the injury, the word soreness. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're very optimistic in that sense. And, um, you know, hopefully the soreness goes away in a few days and then, you know, he can get back to get back to work. What is the next steps? Like, is it just wait and see? Like, what? where do you go from here? Well, pretty much that's it. It's see if the soreness goes away after, you know, a few days of dialing back. And if it does, then we can ramp up again. All right, so again, that's why I want to play this because you might read it, you might see it, or like, is it structural? Is it worse? Is it more severe? It's just he's feeling sore in that area. 
So I think because of that, since you've waited this long, it's probably smart for the team to be like, all right, well, let's, let's not injure it again. And again, I guess the key here in some of these reports, it does say that the latest scans don't reveal anything. I would be having a much different discussion if today after practice had been, he felt soreness, he got rescanned, there's something there we got to go figure out. That's the case, you absolutely shut him down. That's me. I'm not David Griffin. Coach Green. Uh, it's more important to, to, to be patient. Um, we're talking about somebody's career. And anytime you're dealing with that aspect of professional sports, that is important. And that, that's how we're looking at this, it is being diligent about how to get him back on the floor. And, and that's a part of it, what we're doing right now. So that's head coach Willie Green again just a few minutes ago as practice ended. Thank you, Daniel Salerson from the Pelicans Radio Network for getting that over to us. Jordan for cutting that. I thought it would be important for you Pels fans to actually hear from the coach on that. And you can kind of hear that frustration level in there. I know you're frustrated. I'm frustrated too. At some point you'd like to see this guy play. The, the problem is, as we keep saying, as we go to break here, we'll take your phone calls. Our next guest is into Corey Glore at 145 is... How far back are you going to be where realistically the postseason is attainable for you? You lost 139-107 yesterday. Uh, you know, again, are you even thinking like that right now? You're, you you got a ways to go to get the 500. And until this team gets to 500, I mean, look, the Nuggets are in the 10th spot right now. They're one game below a 10-11. and 11, But you're 6-18. and 18. Like, you, it, 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 it's going to be a a struggle to get to 500 quickly because you got to get to 500 quickly. You can't be getting to 500 in March. I don't, I don't know if that's going to do you any good by then. Could be wrong, but it's a battle here. So look, I see some people already on social media may not be a bad thing. Hashtag lottery pick. I, I, I get that. There's some nice players over there. Love me some Boncaro from Duke. Who, by the way, did you see the tweet this week during the game? A stat came out or a report that he loses up to seven pounds by sweating a game. Is that normal? Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish high school. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student athletes annually, along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com. Advanced Eye Institute and Cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full-service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere. For the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses, call Advanced Eye Institute at 985-632-2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at visionsourceadvancedeyecutoff.com. If you're a business owner, it can be tough to hire talent for your team 
especially if you're competing with other businesses to find the right people. But ZipRecruiter gives you the edge. Next key marketing manager, Erin Harji, loves ZipRecruiter invite to apply. She says they get my job posting in front of the right people. I instantly see great candidates and I invite them to apply to my job. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B-A-R-T to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BART. With Early Paycheck, you can get your direct deposit up to two days earlier. That's another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision ever. Even easier than deciding to open the biggest birthday gift first. Happy birthday to you. Which one are you going to open first? The pony. Yep, even easier than that. Plus, with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is banking with Capital One even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. No fees or minimums on new consumer accounts. Capital One and A member FDIC. Talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003. One second here. I'm almost done. I'm saying hashtag give me Bankero. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's Dukes. Paolo Bankero. If you have to remotely know who it is that I'm talking about, go ahead and Google Paolo Bancaro, Duke, <clears throat> your number one pick of the upcoming NBA draft. Just saying. In case you missed it again, uh, head coach Willie Green just minutes ago. You know, it's, it's a part of the process. Um, when you're dealing with injuries and you ramp up some, there's a possibility that you know you can get a little soreness, which he's, he's dealing with now. And how do you think he's dealing with the news? He's frustrated. You know, um, it, it's something that he's been going through and something that he's been working his tail off to come back from. And um, he understands, though, that this, this is a part of it. And just got to keep getting past these these hurdles. That's head coach Willie Green on the latest news that they are slowing up, pushing back Zion Williamson, keeping him from ramping up, continuously experiencing soreness in the foot that he had surgery in. That's where we are. Jason on Twitter, the worst thing a big man can have is foot problems. It has ruined careers, and unfortunately, starting to see that with Zion. He needs to grow up and stop eating so much to get his weight down to try and help the situation. I don't know if the soreness is directly due to eating. I would assume it's probably because of, as Coach Willie Green said earlier, him trying to get back on the court. Right? He th- he he he's. I'm not saying dismissing it, but he's explaining partly, or part of it, or explaining it, as this is what happens when you come back from an injury. Absolutely, we're we're, we're very optimistic in that sense, and um, you know, hopefully, the soreness goes away in a few days, and then you know he can get back to get back to work. What is Quick. the next steps? Like, is it just wait and see? Like, what? Where do you go from here? Well, pretty much that's it. It's see if the soreness goes away after you know a few days of dialing back and if it does then we can ramp up again okay so there you go right couple days see if he's not sore and then you can ramp back up and again we thought we were at least a week and away two weeks away max from coming back and playing so you keep pushing it back now we're getting probably to the second to last if not last week of December just looking at the calendar right if you're going to wait a week to see how he is sore-wise, that's December 9th. Then let's ramp him up if there's no soreness. 
That's December 16th a week. Are we good there? Then let's play. Or do we want to give it another week? That's Christmas week. 20th through the 24th. Christmas Eve of Friday. So that's the storyline and a topic now. Throughout the day, if you'd like to chime in, Pals fans like to hear from you. Are you concerned or are you just kind of like, eh? Because, again, looking where this team is, losing last night, dropping their record now to 6-18. and 18. How realistic are the postseason spots? I mean, again, look, you're... You're five, five, five and a half games out of the 10th spot. Five and a half. And then it's not saying much. I'm just telling you, you're five and a half. The Denver Nuggets are 10 and 11, currently holders of the 10th spot on December 2nd. So kind of along the lines of what Jake Madison said, look, get him healthy, get him back on the court. Let's see what this team can do. You want to see this team do it. Is it too early to go the... Shut him down. Hashtag give me Boncaro with the number one pick. And again, it's a lottery and I guaranteed it. I think it's just frustrating. I think it's disappointing. It is early. I think it is early just to say shut it down completely. Now, again, I said last segment as well before I went with Jake. If the scan would have come back with damage, the scan would have said there's something there. The scan would have said... Uh, we need to, you know, no contact workout. It, then I'm kind of leaning more to doing that right now. But I did throw that out there to you, to Pell's fans. I mean, is there a month? Is there a time frame? Is there a timetable where you're like, man, we don't see him by now? Yeah, might as well. I don't know. The other thing, of course, it's Saints game day or game nights. Saints taking on the Cowboys. It has jumped to a six Point line. Cowboys favored. The reports are, you're not going to see Teron Armstead. You're not going to see Ryan Ramchek. You're not going to see Alvin Kamara. So they're going to rest him another week. And those two tackles, you know, have been nursing injuries as well. Now, one of the things that you can't not not feel is a, a sense of... When you say dread, it's just, you don't have a lot of players for you. I mean, Nick Underhill even did this four hours ago. The Saints will be without QB1, RB1, WR1, TE1, tight end, right tackle one, left guard one, left tackle one. That's just on the offense. That's, I get next man up. <laughs> I I do. But you're a starter and you're a draft pick and a high draft pick for a reason in this league. It's just, that's really hard. So that's our question of the day. What what needs to happen for your New Orleans Saints to come out victorious? What do they need to do to have a chance in this game? Give me a reason to have somewhat hope or at least be fooled enough with an adult beverage that we're going to have hope when at least they kick off at 720. And, and what are the keys to the game? I said special teams has got to score one way, shape, or form. I'm talking about like field goal kicking, a block punt. A returned punt, a returned kick. Special teams has got to help some way, shape, or form directly to the scoreboard. Second, the defense has to do that as well. Pick six, fumble six, sack strip six, whatever. Whatever. Somehow, some way, whether it's directly in a score or the defense somehow gives the Saints offense 
a shorter field in which to try to, as Ralph Marlboro yesterday said, get a field goal. Huh? How about that? That's just where we are. When you're celebrating first downs and field goals, that's just where you are. That's just where you are in offense. And I understand Sean Payton is a reason that Jordan gave me. Well, not really. He said, they have Dan Quinn, you have Sean Payton. I get it. That's a very legit reason. He's he's a master motivator, master tactician, mastermind of the offense. He's not a magician. You, The players you're going to battle with today are the players you're going to battle with today. There's only so many Superdome specials that you can call. Which, by the way, I asked Ross Jackson, the over-under that it's two. Yeah, I do think the Saints offense... I, at the bare minimum, two misdirection plays, a flea flicker, a reverse, a receiver pass. Does Mark Ingram throw a toss in the end? I I do think you you need two. That's just where you are. I didn't see two. I didn't see two special plays. I didn't see the special teams somehow directly result in some points. And the defense. I'm sorry, I know you do a lot already, and you're going to be covering a handful of really good players and tackle a nice back. I know he has a knee injury and he's dealing with it, but they're, they're, they're a good team, folks. I know it pains a lot of people to hear that. In Uptown Ruler, you're probably throwing up right now. But, and I know they haven't played to their capability as of late, but they've also suffered injuries and stuff. They also are going to be without a lot of good coaches. Their head coach, Mike McCarthy, couple of their position and coordinator coaches, just like the Saints were against Carolina. And we saw how it affected the Saints. So that is a reason for hope. And then there's Justin on Twitter. The Cowboys bus somehow doesn't make it to the dome. Dr. Drip, the bus driver for the Cowboys bus gets lost and ends up in the ninth ward. Alan Henderson, the entire roster of the Cowboys, gets the plague and cannot show up to play, which the Saints win on a forfeit. That's close, Alan. Eight total Cowboys are dealing with uh, COVID. Coaches and players. So, uh, yeah, that is close. You did call it close there. And I will say this for Justin and Dr. Drip that are calling for the Cowboys bus to get lost. Well, I will say it is one of the number one pet peeves, by the way, for a certain friend of mine, Todd Graffinini. Because like he, not nearly as many times as he, we will board team buses, get picked up at the airport, at the hotel. And the sole purpose of that driver is to make it to the arena or football stadium. And you would be shocked the amount of times they get lost. Yes, I know. With, with turn-by-turn navigation systems. With all day and all practice to know where you're going, to be ready, to waiting for the plane to deboard and luggage to literally not know where you're going or take the wrong turn. You would be shocked. Point is, Justin and Dr. Drip, at some point they do tend to find their way to their destined location. So maybe they get lost, but I do think at some point in time, if the bus driver had to, could probably step on top of the bus and go on an overpass and see the dome and eventually make his way there.
Would be a heck of a story, though, wouldn't it? Per Adam Schefter, the Dallas Cowboys team bus is lost. <laughs> Take a quick break. The voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Corey Glore, will join us. We'll talk a little bit about he uh, wrapping up football and basketball. He got to go to the Bahamas. We'll see if he actually paid attention at all to the game. We'll do that next on ESPN New Orleans. Got to say hello. poker players know there's a difference at cash magic a big difference at your local cash magic casino you'll have fun playing the newest games while enjoying our fast and friendly vip service cash magic is my lucky place they really do make you feel like a vip it's time to have fun so let us make you feel right at home with our fast and friendly vip service Come feel the magic today at one of our nine Cash Magic casinos in Southeast Louisiana, including our two newest locations, Cash Magic Galliano and the Royal Flush in Homa, Louisiana's favorite place to play video poker, Cash Magic. You'll always be a VIP Cash Magic. Must be 21 or older. Valid ID required. Gambling problem 877-770-STOP. Let's play everyone's favorite game, Mississippi Mudslinging, where Mississippi casinos spend big and wide at St. Tammany voters. First question, Mississippi casinos are saying a yes vote for Camellia Bay could mean other casinos in St. Tammany. Is this fact or fiction? Well, it was on Facebook. It's one big lie. The December vote authorizes just one resort at one Slide L location. Our Constitution requires a parish-wide vote every time a casino tries to move. Next question. Mississippi casinos are calling Camellia Bay a truck stop casino. Are they right or wrong? They're wrong. It's no truck stop. Camellia Bay has a four-star hotel. They've got a convention center. And a lazy river. You're all correct. St. Tammany, don't let Mississippi have all the fun. Mississippi casinos are funding a campaign of lies to keep you from getting what they already have. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, no more, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. With plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. All on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money, straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required, actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. No doubts. It is an honor speak to the voice of the Tulane Green Wave only because he is interrupting a very interesting and important event to give us a few minutes to talk Green Wave football and basketball. Corey, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Now, am I interrupting your not, your desire, your lack of desire to talk about the Saints tonight? Is this correct? Oh, you have a bit. That's right. You're at an event, so you actually haven't heard. Zion is experiencing soreness in his foot. Uh, he's been pushed back. We don't know when we'll see 
Oh, so it, it's both Saints <laughs> and Pels, Dread, and so you're bringing me on to talk to like Yes, <laughs> yes. A, a two-win football team is going to be better than talking about Sonia. And, and, and I mean that with all due respect. I mean, I just look, because honestly, we can get right into it. Ty J. Spears, man, that's a guy that blew out his knee at Southern Miss and just played in like, what, two, three games last year, but showed you incredible stuff. It took him a while to get healthy, and he ends the season in in spectacular fashion. I mean, I don't know how else to really say that because he legit once again showed Corey that guy is one of the best backs that Tulane's had. I'm not talking about this season. Had. He's the best player on the field when he's fully healthy, and the last five weeks of the year he was fully healthy, and it showed, and it culminated with the, the fourth, best performance by a running back in Tulane history on Saturday at Memphis. And I talked to him after the game for the postgame show, and he said, I had a performance like this to show all these guys who are coming back next year that next year starts now. And that's the type of leadership, that's the type of voice that this program needed a little bit of a boost of this year. And so Tajay took it upon himself to have a record-setting day, and then he turned to his guys and said, Come back with me next year. We're doing this, and we're going to be better, and this is what we're capable of doing. Look, and and when you look at really the way the team played there towards the end, Corey, I mean, I'm not going to say the schedule sort of loosened up a bit, but this was a difficult schedule. We saw that, and we saw this team sort of struggle with either injuries or, you know, just trying to not get behind the April early and quickly. I, I don't know what, when you look at this, if somebody walks up to you and goes, Hey, wait a minute, you're the voice of the two lane green wave. And you say, yes, I am. I'm, I'm the Corey Glorin. And they go, great. What happened this year? What's your answer? Oh, complicated. I mean, you're right. In saying <laughs> that the schedule did light up at the end of the year. Everyone knew that once you got through kind of the, the first stretch of conference play, it was going to loosen up. But when push came to shove, week, Three, I think, is kind of the, the fulcrum of how this season went so awry. That was the game at Ole Miss, and it was the last weekend of the stay in Birmingham, and you could tell there was just a huge level of exhaustion from that ordeal and then playing that high caliber of a team, and then physically that team just got banged up beyond repair in that game. And you saw the impact the rest of the way after that. UAB right after that. ECU was a bad loss. And, but he's trying to be pretty good. And then it just kept on snowballing. They felt that if they could get back home healthy, then that season could get back on track. They were healthy when they got back home, and then things started to waver, and that began the slide that we saw. So I, I think that's the, the point in the calendar where you can point at and say this season, which started off with some pretty high promise, really started to take a turn. So – when you look at that, that's a player that's positive, right? That you're coming back with next year. Michael Pratt, man, again, sort of like Tajay Spears. You, you, you saw the Michael Pratt we saw last year. You saw um, some incredible throws. You saw that toughness all season. When you look back at his year this year, man, how would you describe it? I think it was, uh, frankly, I'll just use some words that he gave me a few weeks ago after a game. And he said the season was humbling for him. Uh, because you're right, you saw some great moments from him. The, the, the Oklahoma game all the way back in week one when he rallied that team back. I mean, USF was certainly a career day for him just a few weeks ago. But in between those types of games, 
he was getting beat up basically. He was trying to keep his body healthy and eventually wasn't able to. And so he said it was humbling and it's true because he, he kind of had to wise up a little bit more where he would try and get out of the pocket too quick. He didn't really feel like ever sliding until he had to do the injury. So, and then you saw the inconsistencies come from that. So I think it was a humbling year too for him, how he bounces back, how he, I guess, wants to bounce back from a year like this. It's going to predicate a lot about, frankly, how 2022 looks for this team. On the defensive side, Corey, another thing that really stood out to me again, maybe it's schedule or maybe it's just they found certain things that started to work better. When we had Coach Willie Fritz on on Tuesdays during the season, it it went from Corey averaging 40 points a game, right, 400 yards. I mean, it, it the defense struggled for a while. And then I felt like you started to see turnovers. You saw stops. You saw – much better play from that side of the football. Even in this Memphis game, went back and forth. You know, I mean, Tulane was up for a bit. So, I I don't know. Am I wrong here? Did, did it feel like the Tulane defense played better towards the end of the year? Totally. You're you're, you're bang on. And, and I mean, that defense frankly couldn't have looked much worse in the first half of the year. And then I think part of it was the injury to Nick Anderson at linebacker, which happened in that old Miss game we just talked about. He missed a stretch of time. And when he returned, there was just a little bit of a different gear that the defense played with. But the key for me was that the secondary wasn't getting beat over the top anymore. And that was a problem last year. That's what Chris Hansen was brought in to fix. And it wasn't getting fixed at the start of the year. It changed halfway through. And then that allowed the pass rush to get a lot better. And Darius Hodges very quickly and pretty silently had himself an incredible season at Joker. And that's such a huge part of this team defensively is that position. And he had an unbelievable close to the year. And so it seemed like the first couple of weeks of the year were frankly people figuring each other out defensively. And then they did. And it turned into the defense that I think Willie Fritz thought and knew it could be. Speak with Corey Glory, voice of the Tulane Greenway, about two, three more minutes here. I'm going to ask you something about where you just came from here in a quick second, but we transition over to, uh, basketball here with my next question, but just to wrap up on football, you've got a chance obviously to talk to coach. He didn't come on this Tuesday because he was out there recruiting. I don't see a similar season next year. You? No, I, I, I would be surprised. I mean, I think this season as it kept on unfolding just kept really surprising him. And I don't want to speak for him, but I mean, this, this was, you remember at the beginning of the year how the, the message was this was the deepest team he's had. And you know, six wins is no longer the goal, and bowl game is no longer the goal, but mm-hmm. intending in this league was the goal. And then uh, whether it was in their hands or out of their hands, a multitude of factors got thrown at them right at the start. And, and you could tell that amidst their best efforts, they couldn't recover from that first, you know, three, four weeks of the year. Uh, and then, and so I think there's a there's a driving force behind Willie Fritz where he hasn't had a season like this certainly in Tulane, but maybe ever in his time in, in with Georgia Southern and whatnot, right. where this can't happen again. And, and he's very well aware of that. And I think these guys who are coming back are very well aware of that. We'll continue to talk to you throughout the season as basketball is off and running. Two and five, Corey. And I'm looking at the losses. Three-point loss, five-point loss, one-point loss, four-point loss, four-point loss. And that, that's a possession or two. That's a bucket or two, right? So if I'm a Wave fan on the hardwood, I'm like, 
You're two and five, but are you close or are you unable to find ways to win? How, how do I look at this? That is uh, that is the ever looming question now, and it's starting to grow bigger and bigger after one month here, Gus. Because I mean, the seven games decided by twenty three total points that that's been the year so far for this team, and the way it kind of transpired is for about thirty two minutes of a game, this team is exceptionally good and more talented than most of the teams they've seen so far this year. For the first four minutes and the last four minutes, that is where things have really gone askew. Now, the last game in Charleston, it was a poor start that they were able to rally back from, and then they had a poor start to the second half. But they got it down to one with 10 seconds to go and had a shot to win that game. It's a team that still needs to figure out how to win together, and that's the problem. The talent there right now isn't gelling the way Ron Hunter was hoping for by this point. Now, Mm -hmm. December has five of the six games back at home, and that starts conference play as well. The, the word need is a little strong, but it, it's time to start figuring that out because you don't want to have the same question again a month from now. Final thing for you, Corey. You still have friends, family, folks over there in the Carolinas, don't you? Uh, I do, yes. Anyway, you can, well, you can't really put into words a lot of everything. Uh, just how is Paulo Baccaro be- beloved over there by the Duke folk? Um, he's, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's, uh, there's a ton of, uh, I think he's non plus. I think that's how I would say it, Gus. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of love and a lot of amps. Really? Yeah. I think he's really good. <laughs> where, where are you looking for him at? Where? Yeah, where do you want him? Anywhere on the Universal Pelicans, I mean, like, <laughs> I, really, I really care where he plays or how he plays. Uh, anywhere, dude. I didn't realize how big he was. Like when you look at the athleticism, and I was with Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I'm in the Denver hotel. I'm watching them play uh, against Gonzaga, which felt like a March Madness game, right? I mean, that felt like a semifinal final game. And you see his size. I mean, like he's every bit six ten two fifty. I mean, he dwarfs people. He's just shooting threes, running by people. I I like him. I like him. Well, don't you have a 6'10", 275 guy already on the Pels? That's all the time we have for Corey Glore. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, as always, for joining us. Get back to your event. Thank you for stepping outside and chatting with us. Gus, you're the best. Talk to you later, man. (laughs) There he goes. Corey Glore. In theory, yes, we do have one of those. He's experiencing soreness. The sports hangover and you're home for Pelicans basketball. Hour two is done right here on ESPN Rolls.